Once again, can I say good morning to everybody? So uh, there we go. My gosh! Now, if the lights were off and you guys had said good morning, I would have gotten a fright. I have never heard anybody greet me like that in a very long time. Um, especially my family, we, we we greet each other by seeing who can pass out every time we greet them. It's like we give them a fright, you know. Like my kids, when they're sleeping and they don't wake up the first time, I've got a bucket of water that I normally run into their rooms with. And my son has experienced the fact that when dad says he's going to do something, he does something. So like um, when we greet each other, man, it's good to hear feedback. So welcome, everybody. Turn to someone, look at someone that you haven't seen, that you haven't greeted. And I know you guys didn't greet everybody because, you know, when the countdown started, we were still making coffee and then everybody ran in. It's like, where do we go from here? So just wave, Bluetooth, high five. Um, I like it when you, you guys know I'm going to do this every time. So can you guys just drop your mask? I want to see who shaved, uh, who brushed their teeth, who's happy. Come on, show me, show me your smiles, man, everybody. I can see you guys all the way at the back. Can you guys just turn around and look at the tech team? Look how they're smiling there. Ugh, that's such a big smile. Thank you guys for all that you guys do. It's so Oh man, it's so good to have everybody here. We are busy with a series. If you are here for the very first time, let me introduce myself once again if you missed it. My name is Milo. Um, I'm the pastor here at Prodeo, and we are so glad that you are here because we are currently busy in a series called Just One Moment. Who's had a moment this week? Anybody had a moment? It doesn't have to be a God moment. Who just had a moment this week? It's like something happened and it's like, oh my gosh, there was a moment. Everybody's had a moment. That is so good. I'm glad you guys had a moment. Um, I, my wife and I, we were privileged enough to be taken away for a week and uh, we went on holiday. Um, and, and I've come to realize when you live in Cape Town, you never really go away on vacation. It's called a staycation. Because, man, you can walk back to your house and you go, oh, man, it's so beautiful. That's a, no, no, we went a whole lot further. I wouldn't try walking back. But in any case, I had this moment. We were walking on the beach, and this lady, a strange lady from nowhere, just comes charging up at Allison and myself, and she's, like, shouting something, and she's like, the rob, the rob. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, woman. Who robbed you? And then I realized she was talking about the seal, that came out the water, and she wanted the kids to see it. And I was like, I, I don't understand. So that was my moment. I got educated this, this week that a rob is a seal. No one is trying to rob you. Everybody just wants you to have a good time. <laughs> so I really hope you guys have a, a real encounter today uh, as we just open up the Word. We're going to be in the book of Luke today. So if you have your Bibles with me, well, no. You don't have your Bibles with me. If you have your Bibles with you, please open them to the book of Luke. That's in the New Testament. Uh, we're going to be reading out of the NIV today. And uh, we're going to be in chapter 5, and we're going to be going through just a few verses. And this is just going to be what we're just going to unpack this. Uh, because as we were going through the series, you know, God gave Alison and myself a few things that we wanted to speak about within the series and he turned to me, and, and when I was reading this passage, I, I realized a lot of what is happening in the passage is how I basically see myself. It, it, it appeals to me. And 
It does to everybody as well. But sometimes you can read over things and you can just read over it. And then when you go back and you read it again, you get that, ah, I get it. I get it. So that's why we just want to unpack something that God has revealed to us. And it starts in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1. And this is what it says. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Today, I would like to address this subject from this heading called, That's Just What I Needed. Can we pray? So Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you. Thank you for your word. I pray that you will do what only you can do as we open your word, may you open up revelation to us, may you grow us, may you fill us, and may you equip us. Change us from the inside out. We ask this in your name. Amen. When last did you have one of those moments where you went, that's just what I needed? It could be from like things that you want, right? A massage. Anybody like massages over here? Anybody can give massages over here? I got you. There we go. It's not like, um, so, you know, body stiff, stretched out. You go there, you lay, and it's always a, oh, it's just what I needed. Moms have that just what I needed moment when the kids go to school, and you've got like five minutes, and you stretch out, and it's like, that's just what I needed. We were on holiday with six kids, six kids, and uh, we had two separate rooms, but the family, the friends um, that we were with, their kids wanted to be with us. So we had six kids. Now, for those who haven't met, my kids are really fast and busy and amazing and loud and everywhere. We've got one daughter. If she was the first, we'd have one kid. But, but so, so God blessed us with two boys and then my angel, Rebecca. And then our friends, they've got three girls. Mmm, yay. You thought boys were a lot. Try four girls. Man, shoo. 
Before this, my wife and I, we were contemplating, should we have more kids? After that first hour, we were like, we are happy. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. But, you know, um, there are times when you can say that's just what I needed because it's something that you wanted. Eh? You, you go out, you get it, hot day, water, that's just what I needed. Hot day, jump in a pool, just so by the way, my pool is clean. Yay, who'd like to come and swim? I'm just saying, eh? <laughs> bring meat. <laughs> so, you, you know, there's these things. You make way, you, make, you, you, you create moments where you can actually say, that's just what I needed. But some of you have experienced, you get to use that phrase even when you didn't want to do something or when you got something you didn't want, right? Uh, let, let me give you an example. So uh, for Christmas, I, one year, before we moved to Cape Town, I got, a, a, everybody knows, my parents are very extravagant. They buy me whatever I need, lies. They buy me socks every year. I never want socks, but how many of you guys know that sometime during the year I go, that's just what I needed. <laughs> there, there, there was this other two Christmases in a row that my brother-in-law, the same brother-in-law for the one Christmas, bought me a battery-powered um, screwdriver. I, I'm a pastor, I work in IT before that. No need for a battery-operated screwdriver. The year after that, he got me the exact same screwdriver. I was amazed. I sold one. No, I didn't. I gave it away as a gift to him. And, um, <laughs> but how many of you guys know when, when you kind of move out on your own, a battery-operated screwdriver comes in handy? So I didn't want it, but there was these moments that I was actually going, this is just what I needed. Hey, because I don't know about you, screwing stuff like a curtain rail into the wall, uh, I'm, I'm a hobbit. Your arms get heavy, so if you use a, a battery-operated one of those, it's awesome. Hey, it works. I became Bob the Builder after five minutes. I phoned people, do you need anything done? <laughs> I can do it. Do you have ammo? No, I've got this battery-operated screwdriver. So there are times when you experience, um, that's just what I need from things you wanted and things that you don't want. Like when your wife says, after a really long day that is hot, stressed out, Heavy admin, you just want to relax. And she goes, let's go for a walk around the, the dam. Okay. You and me, no, let's take the kids. Okay, why? Because I love you. And you drag yourself there because your, 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 your lip is dragging on the floor. Like, I love you, wife. And then after you walk around for a few minutes, you've seen the scenery your blood has been pumping, you've enjoyed the laughter and the banter with your kids, you get home, and what comes out your mouth? It's just what I needed. Because a lot of times we go through things and we experience things and we, we, we look at it going, it's not what I wanted, but it's not always at that moment. It could be a few hours, it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be years, and it goes, that's just what I needed. And we see that as we look at this passage. Here is a guy by the name of Simon, a fisherman. He hasn't caught any fish throughout the evening. Guys, we met fishermen this weekend. They fished the whole night. I know they can be grumpy if they don't. I don't speak their language. But my gosh, you know when they aren't doing well, man. 
So Simon didn't catch any fish, so you guys can imagine how happy he was. And then on top of it, here's Jesus going, can I use your boat? He doesn't say, can I use it? He climbs in like a forward child, like my kids. Like, oh, look, someone's boat. Let's climb in. Can we go? How many of you guys have experienced that with your kids? If not, you can use mine. They'll get you onto any cruise. But here's Simon, upset, just wanted to get the day over, wanted to go home, freshen up, reset, and try it again. We've all experienced that, right? Things happen in our lives, uh, an issue, a fault, a failure, not reaching a target, and, and all this pressure comes upon us. Um, there's issues at home, there's issues at work, there's issues with friends, there's issues everywhere, and all we want to do is just want the day to end so that it can reset and we can try it again tomorrow. And here Jesus climbs into Peter's boat. How many of you guys have ever had those days? It's like, I just don't want to spend time with Jesus as well. Let's be honest. Hey, your kid threw up on you the third time in five minutes and then pooped on you. How many of you guys know there is no love of Jesus? But there's always those moments when we go through things. And this is Peter didn't understand it. Yeah, Jesus climbs in the boat. And his first response is, I'm not in the mood. I don't want to. And how many of you guys know Jesus knew exactly what Peter needed? It's not... Or, or, or should I say, he knew exactly what Peter wanted. Wanted, needed, didn't have. Because without telling someone something, you can always find out that something's not going right. And as a fisherman, when there is no catch, they aren't very helpful. So Jesus climbs into his boat, and he realizes that Peter didn't have a catch. I'm sure our all-knowing God here on earth knew that Peter didn't have anything. And so what does he do? He tells Peter, let's go into the deep and let's go fish. Do you know Jesus knows exactly what you need? Sometimes we decide, no way, not today. I just want to get over this. I just want to get through this. I just want to restart this. But Jesus goes, you know what? Can we have a moment? I have moments with my boys all the time. As, as they're growing to be um, men. With my daughter, she's growing to be a young lady. We have moments. They don't want me to have those moments with them. But then we, I pursue them and sit them down and I go, you know what, guys? We need to have a chat. And Jesus does it more lovingly. He comes to them and he goes, you know what? We need to have a moment because you don't know it now, but I've got what you need. How many of you guys know Jesus has what you need? We spoke about it a couple of weeks. It might not be how you want it, but he has what you need. And this is something that I came to understand as I was reading through this passage is that Jesus pursues us even when we don't want him to. 
He is always there. Uh, when we first started teaching our kids to pray, we, we had to stop them because they always prayed, and Lord, may you be with us today. And we go, hey guys, you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior. He is with you always. And this is the thing. How many of you guys know Jesus can be in your boat, but you can not acknowledge him that he's there as well. He is with you always, but depending on what you are going to determines whether you are going to see that he's there or not. He never leaves you. And this is what we need to see. We just need a moment because moments with Jesus, encounters with Jesus changes the way you see things. Um, any Facebook or Instagram scrollers over here? Yeah, I don't have that sickness. But my wife believes I do. Man, I can scroll for hours. It's the most productive thing I've ever done. But have you guys ever come across some, some post where parents, um, a little bit older than me, or my age, I'm not going to give, I'm only... Yeah, I'm younger than 40. And uh, they give their kids old tech. Like, they always do it with a Walkman. Have you ever given, have you seen those? You give a kid that is born like in the past maybe 10 years a Walkman. And they look at it and they laugh at you and like, what is this? And then you give them a cassette player. And a cassette. Sometimes you give them a cassette and a pencil. Have you, have you seen those posts? Is there anybody that lived through that era? Who has no idea what I'm talking about? Who, okay, those who don't know what I'm talking about, they're probably sleeping. They're like, oh my gosh. But, but there's always that thing where you give them something. We, my, my kid's first encounter with an LP player. What do you call those things? You know, an LP player? Um, a record player, that's the word. Man. And we bought one for my dad, and they opened it, and my son looks at this, and he goes, what is this? Because he recognized it was this all-in-one thing. It, had, it could take a CD. It could take a USB disc. It had an aux port, and it had a CD player. But then he goes, well, what goes on top? I'm like, an LP. He goes, what is that? It's like a CD player, but why is it so big? Because it's not a CD player. It's this big black disc, a Frisbee. No. Have you guys ever experienced that? Hey, until you can explain exactly what it is to them when they don't know it, it's a very funny situation. But once they see it, they cannot unsee it. And that is what we need to understand when it comes to our encounters with Jesus. We will always have a perception of who he is until we have an encounter with him. And it will change the way we see everything. Because the same thing happens in our lives in everyday problems. Simon's perception of Jesus with their first encounter when he climbs into the boat is of a teacher. Because check this out. Have a look at verse 3 to 5 of that same passage. It says, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
That was Peter's, Simon's, first encounter with Jesus, is that of a teacher. Because have a look at this. In verse 4, it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets. Simon answered, master. Which for everybody would go, that's a teacher. Master, we have worked hard all night. Peter is a professional fisherman. Any professionals here? Well, let me ask this. How many of you out there love it when someone that doesn't work in your field comes in and tells you how to do things? No one. No one likes it. I mean, like, you'll always find people. I've got my son, my second oldest son, Jaden. He's just discovered the wonderful world of online gaming. So that's all he does. But then I've, I've, got, a, I've got a game I play because I like playing games some days. And, and, and when I play, he'll come and stand next to me and he goes, Dad, why don't you do this? What about that? I think you're missing it here. And the love of Jesus is so wonderful. It's not here. And here's Peter, a professional fisherman. A teacher climbs into his boat. His dad was a fisherman, this guy, Peter. He was a fisherman, just following in the family business. So he's been doing this for a very long time. And now someone gets in that is not of his profession and tells him what to do. And then he goes, but master, do you guys know that sometimes we are just too professional when it comes to Jesus? Mario, we need to have a talk. Sorry, Jesus, not today. I've got this issue that I'm going through. And the professional in me wants to make sure it is all sorted out before I come to you. We become too professional in what we do. I can't cry now. I'm in front of people. I can't pray now. People will see me. I can't speak to you now because what will people say? We become too professional in front of Jesus. And all Jesus is saying is, let's try something different. Let's have an encounter so that you can see things differently. I don't want to embarrass you. I want to help you. I don't want you to feel like you don't belong. I want to encourage you. Peter shows us that even when you have a bad attitude, God will still bless you. Because nowhere did it say, with sunshine and roses, did he jump up and go, yes, my Lord. He just went, uh-uh, why? But why? However, this is the key to everything that we do when it comes to Jesus. It's obedience. Because on the other side of obedience, you will always find blessing. Despite the way you feel, whether you are in the mood of doing it or not, if you are obedient, there will always be a blessing. And one moment of being obedient to Jesus will show you something different. Because have a look at this. In verse 8, after this amazing catch, after God blesses him with more than what he could ever imagine, 
Simon answers, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, master, teacher. No, go away from me, Lord. Because in that moment of I don't want to be here, of I'm not in the mood, because of obedience, something changes. He experiences the power of Almighty God. And that is what needs to happen in our lives. Peter starts in verse 5 calling him a teacher, but ends off with this passage realizing that he is actually the Messiah. Who is Jesus in your life at this moment? What are you going through? How are you seeing him? If we can shift the way we see Jesus in this moment, I can tell you it will change the way we look at everything. Not just him. Because like I said, Jesus is always with us. And at this point in time, Peter realized he is just what I needed. I had a bad attitude, but check this out. He is just what I needed. We need to realize the same thing. Don't run from him, run to him. Because no matter how you're feeling in the moment, Jesus is just what you need. Because have a look at this. An encounter with Jesus is actually this. It's a setup. Your encounter is actually a setup. How many of you guys have ever been set up before? Yeah, set up, you know, it could be with anything. It could be set up with a, you know, to meet someone. It could be set up to take the fall. You see, my kids stitch each other all the time. <laughs> Man, if it wasn't so funny, I'd give them all a hiding. That's like, just you get one, you get one. That was funny. No one gets anything. It was amazing. But encounters are actually setups. Not just for you, but for someone else. So let me give you a little bit. Some of you haven't heard our story about our journey to Prodeo. Uh, we went to a church planters conference, Alison and myself, maybe three years ago. And at this place, we knew no one. But everybody kind of knew everybody. And so Ali and myself, we stand there, and, and some of you heard the story. And I go, let's find the weak one. You know, that, that little one that is not chatting to everybody, and let's go make a friend. You know, the one that can't run fast? You can't get away from me. Hello, how's it going? That's nice. You're my friend, and I will call you friend, and we will love you. And, and we see this guy standing there, and Ali goes, go say hello. I'm like, no, you go say hello. He's like, no, but you're a dude. I'm like, yeah, but you're English. He wasn't English, this guy, in any case. <laughs> so we meet this guy in the coffee, um, in the line for coffee, and we start chatting. And this guy's name is Shaul. Now, Shaul is a very special person. Shaul, at that moment, used to be on staff here at Prodeo. And we built a relationship within that moment of meeting each other. And from that meeting, we started hanging out and chatting to each other because we were very close in proximity where we lived. So we, we, we'd have weeks where we meet up and have coffee and chat about life, planting churches. And, and then they had a function where they were doing this whole drive to get people to come to the church. And Easter egg hunt, some of you guys remember that? It rained. 
and we had an Easter egg hunt. Yay. And that was the first time I met Louis. Louis used to be the pastor of this church. A year goes by, and then all of a sudden, we meet in this building. And Louis goes, Milo, we need your help. You see, it was a setup from meeting Charles in a line for coffee because God had greater plans on that setup to us coming and leading this church at this moment. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything is a setup because God knows what he is going to do. And we need to see that, that every encounter we have with God is a setup. How many of you guys have been set up with God? I'm telling you, it's like, go to this place. No, I don't want to. No, you'll enjoy it. And then next minute, your family's there. Your friends you thought would never come to church is there. People are in a relationship with Jesus just because you were obedient. We didn't want to go to that um, church planters um, conference. But if we didn't go, I wouldn't have met you guys. You see, it is a setup. All our encounters is a setup. We couldn't find schools for our kids when we moved to Cape Town. It was a setup. I'm sorry, Patty. You were a setup, man. God saw you coming and he's like, Milo, that's your friend. It was a setup. We couldn't find school. That school was the only one that allowed us in and we've made so many friends because of that setup. Luke 5 verse 6 says this, when they had done so, this is when Jesus tells Peter, throw your nets out. Check this setup. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners. Where were their partners? Still on shore. Check this out. There were two boats on shore. Jesus climbed in one. Probably the grumpiest of them all. Pushed out into the deep waters and told them, let's go fishing. And when their nets started to tear, they signaled their friends to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Fast track to verse 9. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch that they had taken. Just hold up there. Who was Jesus talking to at this moment? Just Peter. This whole dialogue is just with one man, but everybody in the boat was astonished, as well as people in the other boat. Verse 10, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. These other two guys become Jesus' disciples as well. I'm sorry to say this, but you are a setup. Who is in your circle that God is trying to set you up with to have an encounter with Jesus? Or should I say, to set you up so that they can have an encounter with Jesus? Stop disqualifying yourself. Stop saying it's not about me. It is about you. God wants to show you just what he can do through you as much as what he wants 
to show you what he can do for you. You see, it could be your people at work. It could be your neighbors. It could be family members. It could be a spouse. It could be anybody. Your encounters are all a setup. What happens to you will always impact those around you. Imagine winning the lotto. It doesn't just impact you. It impacts everybody. Your family you've never met. Okay? You've got neighbors you've never seen. Where do you stay? Just there. Really? You didn't know that? <laughs> no matter what God does in your life, it will always overflow to people around you. And you know what they will say? Just what I needed. An invite to church to encounter Jesus or to a home group to discuss the word or to pray for someone will always end up with just what I needed. You are a setup. Because that's what it is. An encounter with Jesus is a setup. And I want to close off with this. My third point is when you have an encounter with Jesus, your ordinary becomes extraordinary. How many of you guys have life hacks? You guys know what a life hack is? Okay, so you guys are young enough. So life hacks are those things where you take ordinary, daily, mundane stuff and you do something else with it to make your life so much better. I told you, I'm a chronic scroller and there's always life hacks. Did you guys know you don't just need to heat milk up in a microwave? That's all I've been doing. My wife taught me at a very early stage in our relationships, you don't do two-minute noodles in a microwave. You do two-minute noodles for five minutes on the stove. They lie to you on the packet, people. <laughs> but you can do so many things with the microwave. You can make eggs, scrambled eggs. Anybody made scrambled eggs before? Did you know you can peel tomatoes in a microwave? Not you, you don't climb in it. Uh, none of us will fit into it. I don't care how much of the gym you go to. But I didn't know you could like uh, put, a micro, put a tomato in a microwave, 30 seconds, open it, and then you just pull the skin off. You know, like, just, hey. But throw it in the dirt bin because wife doesn't like it on the floor. So, so make sure, you know, life hacks are amazing because ordinary becomes extraordinary because one moment with Jesus will take anything that is ordinary and change it into something extraordinary. Peter saw his boat as an ordinary tool to get fish. What he didn't understand, it became an extraordinary platform to influence other people. What he would use as a daily task to catch something to provide for him was first used by Jesus as a platform to teach others and then to amaze people. What do you have in your life that looks ordinary? It can be your title, mom. How many of you guys know that's an awesome title? I love that title because they leave me alone at home. <laughs> mom, mom, mom. Sometimes I just go there, mom, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> 
that you might just be a mom. But when you encounter Jesus, you could be an extraordinary mom. I'm not just talking to your kids. I'm talking to the person that is at your workplace that is going through something. And you get to share Jesus with them. You become extraordinary. This is the thing. Let me explain it to you this way. Then Jesus said to Simon, this is verse 10 to 11. Don't be afraid because from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. He went from fisherman to fisher of man. Something ordinary became something extraordinary. What is your job title? You could just be a, I don't know, you can just be an analyst, thank you. But maybe you can get dotted together to show people that these are areas in which Jesus needs to be an influencing factor. You can pull up stats with going, this is what people need in this area. Never look at what you have. This is what I say, encounters will change the way you see things. But most importantly, it will change you. It will turn your everyday task into something exceptional. How many of you guys love Mondays? Oh, wow. Does your mom like Mondays? Oh, I thought so. But you see, this is the thing. An ordinary day like a Monday can be something awful. But when you have an encounter with Jesus, it's like, just been to church, just had an encounter with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Where's Monday? It changes the way we see things. It turns your extraordinary to extraordinary. One moment is always this. Just what you need. And can I tell you this? Other people, just what they need as well. So don't, in bad days, try to get your day to end. You know, we, like I said, we want to be professional. Don't try and keep Jesus out of your schedule. When your day is bad, try to get him in there. Because the more we have encounters with him, the more our days change. The more our day changes, the more influence we have to set people up with him. And the more we set up people with him, the more we realize what is ordinary to most people is extraordinary when Jesus steps in. Let me pray.